And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl, my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, it's the conclusion to the Jack Benny program with special guest Eddie Cantor. Then we'll answer the question, who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men on The Shadow from 1938. By my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. How are you? What's going on in Hollywood? Well, I'm still here. I'm not... That's good. Yes. Uh, and you're by my side. Kind of. Not touching, yeah, but close three feet by. away. Yeah, that's close that's enough. That's definitely... <laughs> so, The Beatles' Eight Days a Week is a new documentary directed by... Um, I don't know. Uh, Richie Cunningham. Get out. Really? <laughs> Ron Howard. Ron Howard, Howard. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that's great. He's, he's one of the best. He's I mean, one of the best. He's so, certainly up there, I would say, in the top four directors out there, I think. He's uh, really big right now. He's always been fantastic and talented, and certainly as a director, he's proven himself. He uh, This will debut in theaters and Hulu this fall, and the project marks the first documentary feature to premiere exclusively on Hulu, Following its theatrical run, oh, so Hulu's gotten into Hulu docu- is uh, Hulu coming up. That's right, coming. Well, they're um, they are the latest streaming service to enter the feature documentary yeah. field. So yeah. that's the big news. The Beatles' Eight Days a Week is based on the first part of the Beatles' career, 1962 to 1966. Wow, um, we so- were just tiny little. Uh- Radio announcers back then. Yes, huh, we were Lisa? still, you know, yeah. spreading our wings. Right, we right. Were, we were just being born around that time. Something around that. Ah, those were the days. Those were the yeah, days. Yeah, I remember, you know, with that pacifier and yeah, my a bottle lot of, of milk. I remember those days fondly. Yeah, really, was yeah. that a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Good. good All right, good. well, that sounds good. I look yeah, forward to that. Exciting. Eight days a week. It's Eight called by Ron Howard. Yes. Very, very cool. All right, we'll we'll uh, definitely check that out. Right now, it's time for the conclusion to the Jack Benny program. We started this on our last hour. Let's go back to February 10th, 1946. Jack Benny and all his gang and special guest, Eddie Cantor. And now, kids, after the show tonight, I want you all to come over to my place and have some sandwiches and coffee. You know, I've uh, I've got uh, Eddie Cantor's house here. Oh, you have? <laughs> Mary, what's so funny about my having Eddie Cantor's house? Well, tell Don how you got it. Mary, it's not that important. I got the house. That's all that counts. <laughs> well, anyway, Don, here's the way it happened. It happened. It happened. <laughs> Jack and I came down <laughs> to Palm Springs last Monday. When we arrived in town, we parked the car and walked down the street looking for a real estate agent. Mary, isn't Palm Springs wonderful? You know, I like to come down here. It's the only chance I get to wear my cowboy suit. <laughs> 
Jack, don't walk so fast. The sand gets in my open-toed shoes. Mine, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting hungry. So am I. Let's get something to eat. All right, maybe we can... Well, we're in luck. There's a hot dog stand. Some luck. You wait here. I'll be right back. Pickle in the middle and the mustard on top. Just the way you like him and the whole red hot. Two. Uh, two hot dogs, please. Couple puppies coming up. Say, I, I remember you. What are you doing in Palm Springs? Well, I'm opening up a new branch. So far, I got a hot dog stand in Santa Monica, Pasadena, care, San Bernardino, Anaheim, Mezuzia, and Cucamongo. Oh, and now, and now you've got one in Palm Springs, eh? Yes, you see, I'm opening up so many stands that everybody in California will soon be hot dog unconscious. You... You mean hot dog conscious? Unconscious. Conscious. Taste him. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, how, how about my hot dog? Coming up, uh, what kind of mustard would you like? Strong, mild, or irresistible? Mild, please. Well, here you are. Thank you. How much are the hot dogs? To you, ten cents. Well, how much are they to other people? Ten cents. Who do you think you are? <laughs> okay, okay. Here's your money. Thank you very much. People in the middle and the mustard on top. Just the way you like them and they're all red hot. Here you are. Here you are, Mary. Here's your hot dog. Jack, I don't think hot dog's going to do me. I want a regular lunch. But, Mary, to us, these were ten cents apiece. To us? Well, how much are they to other people? Ten cents. Who do you think we are? <laughs> anyway, anyway, if we eat these, we won't be wasting time. I have to find a place to live here. Well, first, let's have a regular lunch. All right, come on. We'll go over to the dunes. That's a nice restaurant. <laughs> It's sure crowded today. I hope we get a table. Yeah. Here comes the... Oh, pardon me. Are you the waiter? Well, what do you think I am with this shirt, tie, and shoes on? A guest? <laughs> I thought I could get away from him down here. I'd like to get a table for two, please. As soon as I have one, go into the bar and I'll call you. I don't want to go into the bar. Well, go somewhere. I can't stand you here. Now, look, we came in here to get something to eat. And if you don't show... Stop breathing on my discharge button. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake. All I want... Say, Jack, Jack. What? Isn't that Eddie Cantor sitting all alone at that table? Eddie Cantor? Where? Oh, yeah, maybe we can sit with him. Yeah, that's Eddie. Gee, I hope I look as good as he does when I'm his age. <laughs> Come on, Mary, let's go sit with him. Say, Jack, I just thought of something. Eddie's got a house in Palm Springs. Maybe he'll rent your room. What do you mean, rent me a room? He's a friend of mine. He'll probably give it to me for nothing. Let's sit with him. Hello, Eddie, how are you? Well, Jack, Mary, sit down, sit down. 
haven't seen you a long time, Jack. You look marvelous. Well, thanks, Eddie, but I have been a little sick, you know. Sick or not, I hope I look as good as you do when I'm your age. <laughs> you did. Well, how's the family, Eddie? How's Ida and the boys? The boys? Yeah, you're writers. Oh, poo! For a minute, you scared me. I haven't been home all week, you know. You haven't? No, but I'm leaving for Los Angeles tonight. Eddie, you're going back to Los Angeles? Gee, I'm starved, Jack. I'm going to order something. Go ahead, Mary. Incidentally, the peanut butter sandwiches here are... are delicious. Incidentally, I'm ordering the roast beef. Incidentally, the roast beef costs $1.75. Incidentally, everybody's looking at us. Shut up. <laughs> All right, Mary, you can have the roast beef. But if I want to kiss later, don't ask what for. <laughs> oh, brother, what you have to go through to keep from starving. Say, I'm kind of hungry myself. What are you having, Eddie? It looks good. Chicken soup with egg noodles. Chicken soup with egg noodle? I think I'll have some of that. Okay, I'll have the way to bring you a spoon. No, no. <laughs> no, no, Eddie. Eddie, I'll order some. You know, a bowl for myself. They haven't got it today. I brought this from home. <laughs> oh, spoon, waiter. Spoon, spoon. You don't have to throw it. And waiter, bring me an order of roast beef. At last, a sale in this booth. I can't believe it. <laughs> Fresh guy. Gee, this soup looks good, Eddie. Yeah, let's start. Ready? Scoop. You know, Eddie, I'm sure glad I... Boy, this soup is hot. You know, Eddie, I'm sure glad I... Eddie, would you mind eating with your left hand and putting your right arm around my shoulder? I'm too far from the bowl. Look, Jack. Huh. Jack, why don't you put your right hand through my left sleeve and we can both dip at the same time? <laughs> no, then we'd have to cut a hole in your coat. That won't work. Why don't you put the bowl on my head and eat piggyback? <laughs> you go and get that roast beef. I think we're all right now, Eddie. Let's go. Okay, ready? Scoop. As I was saying, Eddie, I'm sure glad I bumped into... Jack, the... would you mind breaking a cracker and putting it into the soup? But I can't stand crackers in my soup. Well, break one in any way and float it over to my side. <laughs> okay. There. Anyway, Eddie, I'm sure glad I... You see? You see? The crackers aren't floating. They're all on my side. Well, tip the bowl a little. Tip the bowl a little. Oh, yeah. C-A-T. Get ready, Eddie. <laughs> Forward soup. Say, Mary, while you're waiting, why don't you get a spoon and join us? Don't bring guests. It's crowded enough. <laughs> well, I've had enough anyway. Here's your roast beef. Thank you. You want three forks with it, or are the boys sitting this one out? <laughs> Don't be so smart. Now, Eddie, as I was saying, I'm sure glad I bumped into you. See, I'm going to stay in Palm Springs for a while, and I was wondering if you knew of any place where I could live. Uh, when did you say you were going back, Eddie? Tonight. Oh. Oh. Well, I was just wondering if you knew of any place where I could live from tonight on. Well, Jack, I can't think of any place for rent at the moment, but say, I'll tell you what. What, what? Tell me what. What, what? What, what, what? 
No, no, I don't think you'd like yes, it. Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Tell me, tell me. What, what, what are you going to say, Eddie? What? Well, I happen to have a little house down here. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. So why don't you stay there? Well, uh, darn nice, Eddie. What would you charge me for? Oh, Jack, we're friends. We've known each other for years. Take the house for nothing. No, no, Eddie. Now, wait. Friendship is friendship, but I don't want to take advantage of it. I insist on paying you for the house. Oh, take it for nothing, please. I'll feel better. But, Eddie, I'll feel much better if you charge me something for it. A little something. No, no. Yes, yes, yes. How much do you want for one week? $300. (laughs) Isn't that a big jump from nothing? Uh, Waiter, bring me some more roast beef. We'll be here a long time. Mary, look, Eddie, $300 is a lot of money. But, Jack, look what you're getting. A tennis court. I don't play tennis. A swimming pool. Look, I can't swim. And a beautiful kitchen. I know you'll make cookies. <laughs> Eddie, I still think $300 is a little high. All right, you can have the house for $250. How's that? Look, Eddie, give me the house for nothing. You'll feel better, like you said. <laughs> All right, Jack, I'll give you the house for nothing, but do me one favor. What? There are plenty of hotels in Palm Springs. Don't start a new one, huh? Don't worry, I won't. Thanks, Eddie. But but just a minute, Jack. Before I give you the key, I think I'd better call Ida and see if it's okay. All right, Eddie, do it now. I'll be back in a minute. Say, Mary, this is really a break, isn't it? I never dreamed I'd get Cantor's house for nothing. See, I can give one room to Don, one to Phil, one room to you, one to Larry. Wait a minute, Ida. Don't hang up. But Ida. But Ida. I'd, I couldn't turn him down. He's an old friend. He's an old what? <laughs> but I'd, I'd, how would you feel if I was in his position? How much can he make selling cigarettes? <laughs> but I'd, now I, now look, I'd, I'm the boss. I'm not going to argue with you any longer. I promised Jack Benny could have the house and he's going to get it. Goodbye. Well, Jack, it's all settled. And are you in luck? To anybody else, the house would be $300. And to me, it's for nothing? $300. Who do you think you are? (laughs) Oh, well, the soup didn't cost me anything. Come on, Mary, let's go. He married. It was certainly nice of Eddie Cantor to let me have his house. It sure was. You know, he was only kidding. He gave it to me for nothing. And just think, it has four bedrooms. Yeah, you'll make a fortune. (laughs) Mary, I'm not going to charge my friends. It's my fault that everybody can't stand me. Good night, folks. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. And that's the Jack Benny program from February 10th, 1946, starring Jack Benny, all his gang, special guest Eddie Cantor. And that was uh, heard on NBC. Hope you enjoyed the Jack Benny program. I think you can't not enjoy Jack Benny. Right, Lisa? Right. And I know no matter what we do, everybody still says, I love the comedy. Right. So people love comedy. So we comedies. always come back to, to Jack Benny. We play at least two or three comedies every week on Hollywood 360. We play six classic radio shows on Hollywood 360. And for any reason, you miss 
any one of the radio shows we play on Hollywood 360, just go to our website. It's a sort of a fail-safe. We have a podcast there because not all of our radio stations carry the full four hours of our show. So what you do if you miss any of the hours, just go to Hollywood360radio.com. The podcast is sort of the first thing you see. You can click that and listen to it. And also we add a bonus hour of classic radio that we don't broadcast. So you get a little, uh, a little surprise there, right? You never know what we're, uh, what we're going to play. So do check that out and we'll have the shadow coming up after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Are you a fan of classic radio? Shows like Abbott and Costello. What's the guy's name on first base? No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? One base at a time. Well, the- Gunsmoke. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Inner Sanctum. This is your host to welcome you in through the squeaking door. Fibber McGee and Molly. What day is this? Oh, no, let me see. This, dearie, is our 15th wedding anniversary. And many more. As a thank you for listening to this show, we want to give you 10 of the best classic radio shows of all time absolutely free. Just log on to Hollywood360radio.com to get them today. You'll receive complete episodes of Sam Spade, Escape, Fibber McGee and Molly, Suspense, Abbott and Costello, Inner Sanctum, X-1, Gunsmoke, Our Miss Brooks, and Lights Out. Just log on to hollywood 360 radio and receive your 10 free classic radio shows today. That's Hollywood360radio.com. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. All right, Lisa, it's time for probably the best-known drama detective show of all time, The Shadow. This is going back to October 9, 1938, for Death Stalks the Shadow, starring Bill Johnstone as Lamont Cranston, with Agnes Moorhead as the lovely Margot Lane, as heard on Mutual, part one of The Shadow. present radio's strangest adventurer, The Shadow. The Shadow, Lamont Cranston, a man of wealth, a student of science, and a master of other people's minds, devotes his life to righting wrongs, protecting the innocent, and punishing the guilty. Cranston is known to the underworld as The Shadow. Never seen, only heard, his true identity is known only to his constant friend and aide, Margot Lane. Today's story, Death. Stalks the Shadow. Mally's in the end cell, Mr. Murdoch. Just talk to him through the bars. You're the last visitor he'll see. End cell? Right. Hello, Mally. Huh? It's me, kid. Peter Murdoch. Murdoch. Gee, I thought you'd never get here. Uh, pull yourself together, Mally. Uh, it's easy enough for you to talk. You ain't been sitting here waiting. Every day the chair getting closer. Now, Mally... They're testing the current. Listen. Hear that big dynamo turnover? Coming. They're testing it for me. For me. Shut up. Murdoch. You see the governor? Yeah, I saw him, yes. Well? Well, say something. There won't be any reprieve, kid. We're licked. 
We're licked. That's funny, Murdoch. You ain't in here. You ain't gonna sit in that chair. I didn't kill anybody, Melly. Why, you dirty double-crossing rat. Who planned that killing? Who promised I'd never even do time for it? You did. Well, I didn't figure on the shadow, Melly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. The shadow. He caught me. He didn't know I was only doing your dirty work for you. I should have told yeah, him. Yeah, but you didn't. I trusted you. Peter Murdoch, the great lawyer. You said you'd get me off. I can't win all my cases. You didn't even try. Pull me to the wolves. So the shadow wouldn't learn the truth about you. Well, it worked, didn't it? Yeah. If I could get through these bars, I'd fix you, Murdoch. Anyhow, I can tell the truth about you. I'll sing so loud. Sing your head off. My reputation is too good. Nobody will believe you. The shadow might believe me, Murdoch. Suppose I told the shadow who turned Dan Malley from a decent kid into a killer. Stop dreaming, Malley. This is the death house. Tonight you're walking right through that door down there and you're not coming back. Why, you... Oh, you'd better forget all about the shadow. So long, Mary. Come back here! Come back here! So long, sucker. Hey, Molly. Molly, any news for you? Yeah. Bad news. Gee, tough luck, kid. Yeah, but I ain't through yet. Before they burn me, there's something I gotta do. God! Hey, God! Where's that tin cup? God! What's the matter, Mally? I want to talk to Commissioner Weston. I got to see him right away. What for? He's got to locate somebody for me. Somebody I want to talk to. Well, don't stand there. Get me Commissioner Weston! How did you happen to choose this cafe, Lamont? Well, Margot, this is a place Commissioner Weston showed me, and I... I had hopes the gaiety might stop my thinking. What's bothering you? Today is the 12th, Margot. Young Dan Malley goes to the chair tonight, thanks to the shadow. But Lamont, surely you don't regret the shadow's having captured that murderer for the police? No, not exactly. Malley fired the shot all right, but I have never felt the case was completely solved. Oh, well, let's forget that. Oh, Lamont, look, when that waiter started for the kitchen, the door opened without his touching it. Yes. Works by photoelectric ray. Oh, what's that? Look each side of the door, Margot. See those chromium fixtures sticking out of the floor? Lights hidden at the top of them? Yes. There's a beam of light between those two bulbs. When anyone approaches the door, his body breaks that ray. Whenever the ray is broken, the door opens without touching it. Oh, how clever. Yes, and convenient. But, Margot, I've sometimes thought it might even prove dangerous to a certain friend of yours. Whom do you mean? The shadow. But... I don't understand. The shadow can hide himself from the human eye, Margot. But he has a physical being. And the photoelectric beam could detect his presence. Hush, Lamont. Here comes Commissioner Weston now. Oh, I see. Well, good evening, Commissioner. Oh, Preston, how are you? And you, Miss Lane? Very well, Commissioner Weston. Won't you join us? Thanks, but I think not. I'm rather upset tonight. Oh, what's the matter, Commissioner? Well, Miss Lane, have you ever heard of the shadow? The, the shadow? Oh, yes, Margot. You've heard the absurd stories about his great deeds, huh? <laughs> oh, poppycock, of course. I'd give anything to contact the shadow right this minute. But why? A boy named Dan Malley goes to the electric chair tonight with vital information. The only person he'll talk to is the shadow. 
It's because I don't know how to find the shadow I'm beaten. Well, I won't find him here. So if you'll forgive me, I'll run along. Good night. Good night, Commissioner Weston. Good night. Margot, my hunch about Danny's case must be right. Waiter. Yes, sir. Waiter, here's money for my bill. I never mind the change. Thank you, sir. Come, Margot, quick. I'm going to the death house now. As the shadow. And that's the first portion of The Shadow with Death Stalks the Shadow. We'll get back to that after these words. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now, let's get back to Death Stalks the Shadow from October 9, 1938, starring Bill Johnstone and Agnes Moorhead on The Shadow. Why doesn't he come? Why doesn't he come? Were you waiting for me, Dan Malley? Who's that? Who spoke? The Shadow. The Shadow? There isn't much time, Malley. They're coming after you to take you to the chair. Speak quickly. What have you to say? Plenty. I can't save you, you know. You killed a man, Mally. Yeah, I know. But it wasn't my idea, Shadow. Honest, it wasn't. There was no evidence against anyone else. Yeah, don't I know it. He's too clever for that. Who is too clever? The bird that got me into this. The smart fellow that sold a dumb kid on crime being a good business. His name? Peter Murdoch. Do you know what you're saying, Dan? Murdoch's a famous criminal lawyer. His reputation... His reps are blind. Listen... Pete Murdoch's the biggest crook in this section. He's got a piece of everything. Well, right now he's planning a slum fire that'll kill thousands and net him a million from insurance companies. If you're telling the truth... A man doesn't lie when he's only got a few minutes to live, Mr. Shadow. The job's going to be pulled late this week. I'll investigate it, Dan. If it's true, Peter Murdoch will pay for his crimes. But how can I get proof? That's easy. Now, listen. There's a friend of mine named Dopey Jake, down by the wharves, number 5 South Street... Jake knows enough about Murdoch's latest plan to prove what I said. I'll see him. Yeah, listen. If you can get to the filing cabinet in Murdoch's house, there's records and things enough to finish him. The shadow promises justice, Dan Malley. That's all I want. They're coming, Dan. Okay. I can take it. Thanks, Shadow. Thanks for coming. Well, Dan, it's time. Yeah. I know, Warden. Unlock the door, Gus. Right, Warden. Well, here goes. Take his arms, Gus. Very kid. I ain't scared. I ain't. Not as scared as Murdoch will be. Wait till the shadow gets him. All right, men. Forward. Shadow. Yeah, don't be Jake. They'll fix him. Goodbye, Mally. Come on, kid. Keep your chin up. So long, Mally. Damn. The other prisoners are saying goodbye. So long, boys. We'll be seeing you, Mally. Murdoch. Jake. The shadow. The shadow. Hey. What was that about the shadow? The shadow caught Dan Mally. He put him here in the big house. Oh. Hey, do you suppose it hurts much when they pull a switch? Well, we'll find out. Yeah. You know, it's 
It's funny how a nice kid like that gets to be a gunman. Yeah, ain't it? <laughs> the man responsible will answer for that, my friend. Hey, who said that? The shadow. What the... There it goes! The juice! Ah! Well, Murdoch, like you planned, I got the job of getting Dan Malley out of the hot spot. And he went, raving. Yeah, Gus, they usually do. That's right, All right, all right, cut it, chick. Gus, what did Malley say when he was raving? Something about you, Murdoch. He mentioned names? Yeah, Bess, he was yelling something about Dopey Jake and his shadow. The shadow? Seems like he'd been talking to the shadow in the death house. Murdoch, this means the shadow got to Dan Malley. All right, all right. Beat it, Gus, I'm busy. Okay. Hey, Joe. Yeah, boss. Show Gus out. Okay. All right, come on, Gus, this way out. Okay. The shadow. The shadow. Mally Bland. Shut up, all of you. Gus didn't see a soul get near to Mally. You fool. The shadow hides from human eyes. Yeah, that's right. He knows about Dopey Jake now. If he should get Dopey to talk... Listen, you halfwits. We've got to beat the shadow. Or lose the juiciest set of a gang ever had in this country. A fire that'll net us a million bucks. But, Murdoch, you can't lay hands on the shadow. But that's just what I'm going to do. But the shadow ain't real. He's kind of a spook. No, he's real enough. He's a man, all right. He can die like any other man. Wait till you see the trap I'm building. But how can you find the shadow? You know, and I know where it can always be found. Where a crime has been committed. Yeah, but there ain't any crime, Murdoch. There's going to be one. A crime that'll set the shadow on my trail. Well, I won't meddle with him. Yeah, leave me out of this, Murdoch. And me. Now, you listen to me, Bess. Chick, and you too, Joe. You're in this, all of you. If anyone tries to rat, I'll put you on the same spot with Dan Melly. I mean it. Well, what do you say? You're going to be good? All right, you win. Well, what's this wonderful crime going to be, Murdoch? A little job down on the waterfront, Chick, at number 5 South Street. I want you and Joe to go down there tonight and kill our good friend, Dopey Jake. Let me have that flashlight, Margo. Ah, here we are. 5 South Street. Here's where Dopey Jake lives. The mud. Yes. These old empty tenements are built on piles over the river. It's the tide rushing out to sea. This place gives me the creeps. Here. Take my arm, Margot. We've got to go down a dark passageway to the door. And Margot, after we enter the passageway, we mustn't speak. Just go up to the door, and I'll knock. Yes, Lamont. I'm ready. Come. through his heart. Oh, no. It's pinning a note to his breast. A note, Lamont? What does it say? Let me see. It says, This is our pal, Dopey Jake. Get him to talk to you now, Shadow. Margot, this is Murdoch's challenge to the Shadow. 
and it must be accepted. I'm going directly to Murdoch as the shadow. Nearly finished with your wiring job, Steve? Yeah, almost, Mr. Murdoch. Yeah, I hope it works. Oh, don't you worry, Miss Best. When I get the electric wires connected with this sliding steel door, this room of Mr. Murdoch's is going to be fixed so nobody can get in or out. Good. Say, I've been wondering why you want this arrangement, Mr. Murdoch. What's it for? Well, we call it the lion's cage, Steve. The lion's cage? Uh-huh. You aren't going to put a lion in it, are you? <laughs> You're kidding. Sure, of course I am. Though we do plan to use the room soon. By the way, you haven't mentioned this job to anyone, have you? Well, no, sir. You, you said not to, so... Well, I didn't. Hey, how does this steel door work, anyway? Uh, I'll show you, miss. Ready? Uh, yeah. Uh, now, Mr. Murdoch, if you'll have your man outside throw the switch... Best. Step out in the hall and tell Chick to switch on the current. He's in the room next to this. Okay. Chick, turn on the juice. Oh, uh, Steve. Yeah? Won't that photoelectric ray be visible to anyone coming down the hall toward the door? Oh, no, not a chance. Uh, the ray is infrared. Uh, invisible. Look for yourself. Yeah, you're right. You can't see the lights. Yeah, you understand that the ray goes from one door jam across to the other. And anyone crossing the threshold breaks the ray? Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. And when the ray's broken, the steel door slams shut. Watch. Uh, Miss Bess, would you mind stepping back into the room for a minute? Sure. What happens if you... Good night. What happened? <laughs> when you came in, you broke the ray and the steel door slammed shut. Yeah, and it locks automatically. Say, I don't like being locked in. I'm going on. Hey, look hey, out. Don't touch that what door. What's the matter? Well, that door is charged with electricity, man. And if you touched it, you'd been electrocuted. Uh, you see, Bess, I figure even our clever friend, the shadow, will do the first natural thing after we trap him in here. He'll try the door to see if it's locked. I get it. And when he does... When he does, it's goodbye, Shadow. You sure he'll come? When he finds Dobie Jake, he'll be here. Say, Mr. Murdoch, you don't want to fool around with this door, you know. It's dangerous. I don't know who this guy Shadow is, but... Young man, you talk too much. Yes, doesn't he? Uh, Bess, go over to that panel in the wall. It's open. Yell at Chick in the next room to shut off the current. Okay, my I don't get the idea of the panel in the wall with the steel screen over it, Mr. Murdoch. Well, don't, don't worry about it. Chick, shut her off and come in here. Chick's coming. Good. Ah, door's heavy. If you hadn't turned off the current, you couldn't have moved it. Uh, Chick, pay off this man like we agreed. Okay. Oh, thanks. Buddy, your bill's gonna be civil. You fool. Hey. Hey, put that gun down. What are you... This is the payoff, mister. Oh, no, you can't. Mr. Murdoch, Mr. Good hunting, Chick. You know where to hide the body. Chick. Yeah, my duck. Stand by the front door, ready to open it for the shadow. I'm supposed to let him in? Yes, you are, you fool. And if he speaks to you, you know what to do. Pretend to be scared and answer his questions. Yeah, I don't have to pretend. I'm scared, all right. Nobody's ever beat the shadow yet. Well, there's a first time for everything. You sure he'll come? It's getting late. He'll come, all right. Doesn't matter how late it is. We'll be here waiting. Why don't you talk to him? I'm not crazy to talk. No, no, I've got to get behind the glass panel in the room next to the lion's cage so I can see what's happening in there. What's that? It's the doorbell, you idiot. Go ahead, peek between the curtains. There's no one out there. Nobody's touching the bell, but it's ringing. Pull yourself together. It's the shadow. Now, you give me a second to get away before you let him in. And remember, watch yourself. I, I don't like this. I don't like it a bit, but here goes. What? What do you want? Who's there? 
Who is it? Who shut the door? Who is it? <laughs> the shadow. What do you want? I never... Speak softly. Where does Peter Murdoch keep his filing cabinet? I... Quick. If you know what's good for you. The, down the hall in that room. In that room. That's Murdoch's private room. Go straight ahead of you. Yes. And I won't stop until I get Murdoch. It worked. That electric ray saw him, all right. Murdoch, we got him. We caught the shadow. Get up, chicken. Come here. Can you see him, boss? No. But he's in the lion's cage, all right. Right in the next room. Only this panel and a steel screen between us. Open the panel, Murdoch. Maybe we can hear him move. All right, Bess. Gee, not a sound. Maybe. Maybe he ain't in there. Oh, yes, he is. Hello, Shadow. Allow me to introduce myself. Peter Murdoch. The one man in the world who's too much for the Shadow. Come on, speak up so I'll know you're there, even if I can't see you. Yes, Murdoch. The shadow is here. Getting all ready to beg for mercy? No, Murdoch. You're doomed to disappointment. I warn you... Warn me? You're my prisoner. You can't get away. If you don't believe me, try the door, shadow. No, Murdoch. I'm sure that it's locked. Well, try it. Why don't you? Go on, you can't be sure. Try it. You're much too anxious to have me touch that door. I don't wish to be electrocuted as young Dan Malley was. Uh, you're smart, Shadow. But I'm smarter. Smart enough to trap and kill you. I'm not dead yet, Murdoch. But you will be very soon. Then before I die, I might at least read the record of your crimes. Dan Malley said they were in this filing cabinet. All right, go on then. Open the cabinet. No wires lead to it, I see. Yes, Murdoch. I think I shall open it. Good Lord. You like what you found, Shadow? Don't be afraid. It's only a body, just a dead body. Who was this man? Murdoch, answer me. Let me see. A young man in overalls. A pair of pliers in his pocket. So, he's the poor devil who wired this room for you. You killed him so as to keep the secret of this death chamber. It is a death chamber. The death chamber of the Shadow. Margot Lane, Margot Lane, the shadow calling Margot Lane. Phone Commissioner Weston. Tell him to surround the house of Peter Murdoch. I'm held captive there. Hurry, hurry. Gee, Murdoch, this, this looking into an empty room gives me the jitters. You sure he's still there? Sure, Bess. Now, wait, wait, I'll raise the panel and speak to him. Shadow. Does the time drag? Don't you admire my room? Don't put too much hope in this room of yours, Murdoch. The shadow has escaped from worse places than this. Ah, you talk a lot, shadow. Yeah, I wish we could see him, Murdoch. We'll see him soon enough. We'll see him dead. We'll be able to see you when you're a stiff, shadow. What are you planning? You can't shoot what you can't see. No, but we can smoke him out. You ready with that gas line, chick? Joe? All set, boss. Anytime you say. This is your finish, Shadow. We're slipping a tube through this panel and feeding you a nice little smoke screen of poison gas. There, Shadow, take a deep breath of this gas. In ten minutes, you'll be dead. Turn the valve, chick. Give our regards to Dan O'Malley, Shadow. 
when you see him. How do you like it, Shadow? Makes you cough, doesn't it? But not for long. Damn that death penalty. All right, watch now. Watch, he'll be dead in ten minutes. Then we'll be able to see just who the shadow was. He's fussing around the corpse. How do you know, Bess? You can't see him. No, but the body of the electrician moved. Chick, that workman didn't have a gun. Nah, Murdoch, I went through his pockets. Nothing left in them but a pair of pliers. Pliers? Yeah, he can't do much with pliers. I wonder... Calm down, Bess. Won't be very long. Murdoch, look. The light in the room went out. He unscrewed the bulb. I don't like that. Oh, you're all scared silly. It's only... <laughs> the lights. They're out. Come on, turn off that gas. It's all dark. The current's off. The shadow blew the fuse. He must have used those pliers. That means the steel door's unlocked. That's the steel door opening. He's out. The shadow's out. To the front of the house, quick. Don't let him get away. I can't see in the dark. Come on, come on, everybody in the hall. Hurry. Come on, I'll line up there. Across the front door. But, Mayor... Are you fools? We can't let him slip through our fingers now after we've nearly had him. But we can't see. We can hear. Be quiet now. Everybody listen. I hear something... Murdoch, it's outside the house. Open up in there. Open up. That isn't the shadow. Open. We're police officers. The cops. We're raiders. Shut up, shut up. Don't let them hear you. <laughs> they can hear me, Murdoch. Smash in the door, Commissioner Weston. They're all here. The shadow. Yes, Murdoch. The shadow. Hurry, Commissioner. All right, man. I'm getting out of here. Come on, run for it. I'll shoot the first one that moves. Murdoch, we gotta run. It's the cops. Stay here and I'll bluff it out. You stay yourself. I'm getting out. No, no, you're not. <laughs> Murdoch shot fast. Shadow, where are you? Come on, I dare you to show yourself. I'll take that gun, Murdoch. You'll take you. My arm, Shadow. Let go of me. There, there. Now stand still. All right. You've got my gun. You. Commissioner Weston, these men are criminals. Peter Murdoch, the leader, just murdered a woman lying on the floor. And there's another body down the hall, an electrician. Peter Murdoch, eh? This is a surprise. Well, why didn't you shoot, Shadow? I tried to kill you. Were you afraid to fight back like a man? No, Murdoch. I saved you for the same death that you sent Dan Malley to. Death. In the electric chair. You've evaded the law for the longest time, Murdoch. You had a great mind. You were a brilliant lawyer. But for wealth, you threw all that away. Piled crime upon crime. But you went too far. Now you will meet, as must all men, justice. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a dramatized version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow magazine, now on sale at your local newsstand. All the characters and all the places named are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. (laughs) The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, Blue Coal, America's finest anthracite, will again present another thrilling adventure of the shadow. Be sure to listen, and be sure to burn Blue Coal, the solid fuel for solid comfort. 
And that's The Shadow from October 9th, 1938, with Death Stalks the Shadow, starring Bill Johnstone as Lamont Cranston, with Agnes Moorhead as the lovely Margot Lane, sponsored by Blue Coal. Ken Roberts doing the announcing on that is heard on Mutual. And you know, back in 1938, Lisa, the very first Lamont Cranston on the radio was Orson Welles, as you know, and then the lovely Margot Lane was Agnes Moorhead. Well, Bill Johnstone was a regular cast member on those shows, and then when Orson Welles hit it big with the War of the Worlds, he uh, decided, you know what, I don't know if I need this uh, this uh, little shadow gig anymore, and he went on to bigger and better things, and what they did was they just moved Bill Johnstone, who as a, was a cast member, into the lead role. You know, the shadow back then wasn't like... In 1938, wasn't this huge, huge popular radio show. It was kind of just uh, sort of an also-ran. And so they didn't feel like, oh, we don't need a big name. So they brought in, you know, a guy who was just a supporting player as the shadow. And then it kind of took off, and then he was replaced later by Brett Morrison and some other actors. But uh, that's that's why... Bill Johnstone, but Agnes Moorhead stayed on. She was like, okay, I'll, I'm, I'm liking this gig. It's paying me $38 a week or whatever it was, which was a lot of money back then. And she played Lamont, uh, Margot Lane as for a while. As far as I'm concerned, that'd be a lot of money. That's for a lot. Me. That's a little more than you make now. Yes, I'm well yeah, aware of that. So. All right, let's take a break here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Well, Lisa Wolf, uh, yeah. next time we have more classic radio shows, if you wouldn't mind, uh, you know, uh, breaking into your schedule and figuring out how to be here next week. I will be here. You know? As right. always. We have Broadway Is My Beat, good show. We have Burns and Allen, the CBS Radio Workshop, The Amazing Mr. Tut. We've never played one of those before. It's a new one. And then Fibber McGee and Molly and The Whistler. For my co-host, Lisa Wolf, executive producer, Mike Costella, engineer, Sam Wolf, Vince and Chris Lombardi, my crabby brother, Vince Amari, Adam West, and me, Carl Amari. Thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. To learn more about Hollywood 360 or to contact us, visit our website at hollywood360radio.com. Adam West speaking.